And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West. The most haunted city in the country. Well, today's May 22nd, 142nd day of the year. 223 days remaining to the year is over with. And since you wanted to know holidays observances on each day, I'll do a show. The, um, this is Harvey Milk Day. He was the first gay politician in California and leader of the American Civil Rights Movement. International Day for Biological Diversity. Uh, National Maritime Day. Bitcoin Pizza Day. Biomusical Instrument Day. Canadian Immigrants Day. Declaration of the Bob and Shiraz Shavon, that's from the Bahia faith. International Cocoa Mom Day. Uh, National Boss Babes Day. National Craft Distillery Day. National Julie Day. National Solitaire Day. National Vanilla Pudding Day. Sherlock Holmes Day. Slavery Aberration Day and Martinique. Victoria Day, World Goth Day, World Paloma Day, and World Preeclampsia Day. It's a life-threatening pregnancy condition for those that are not familiar. Alrighty. In 192, Dong Zhao was assassinated by his adopted son, Lu Bu. Can't trust anybody. 760. A.D. 14, the 14th recorded perihelion passage of Halley's Comet. 853, Byzantine fleet sacks and destroys undefended uh, Damiata in uh, Egypt. 1176, the session of the assassins attempt to assassinate Saladin near Aleppo. He took a dim view of that, of course. In 1200, King John of England and King Philip II of France signed the Treaty of La Grouille. 1246, Henry Raspe is elected anti-king in the Kingdom of Germany in opposition to Conrad IV. Now, for those that are not familiar with the term anti-king, it's a, a would-be king who, due to succession disputes or political opposition, declares himself king in opposition to a reigning monarch. It um, normally relates to uh, elective monarchs rather than hereditary ones. Uh, in hereditary monarchies, such figures are normally referred to as uh, pretenders to the throne. They pretend to be king. Uh, in 1254, Serbian King Stefan Euros I and the Republic of Venice signed a peace treaty. 1370, Brussels Massacre. Between 6 and 20 Jews are murdered and the rest of the Jewish community is banished from Brussels, Belgium for allegedly desecrating uh, consecrated host. Well, in 1377, Pope Gregory the 11th issues five, count them, five papal bulls to denounce the doctrines of English theologian John Wycliffe. 1455, started a war of the roses. The first battle of St. Albans, Richard, Duke of York, defeats and captures 
King Henry the Sixth of England. Fifteen twenty saw the massacre at the Festival of Tuxedo. Took place during the fall of Tenochtitlan, resulting in turning the Aztecs against the Spanish. 1629, Holy Roman Emperor Ferdinand II and Danish King Christian IV signed the Treaty of Lubeck, ending the Danish intervention in the Thirty Years' War. 1762, saw the Swedish and Prussia sign the Treaty of Hamburg. Also on this date in 1762, the Trevi Fountains officially completed and inaugurated in Rome. 1766, a large earthquake causes heavy damage and loss of life in Istanbul and the Mamara region. 1804, Lewis and Clark expedition officially begins as the court discovery departs from St. Charles, Missouri. 1807, grand jury indicts former Vice President Aaron Burr on a charge of treason. I think he's the one that, in a duel, shot Hamilton. 1809, on the second last day of the Battle of Espernisling near Vienna, Austria, Napoleon I is defeated in a major battle for the first time in his career and repelled by an enemy army for the first time in a decade. 1816, a mob in Littleport, Cambridgeshire, England, riots over high unemployment and the rising grain cost. The riot spread to Ely the next day. 1819, SS Savannah leaves port Savannah, Georgia, on a voyage to become the first steamship to cross the Atlantic Ocean. 1826, the HMS Beagle, I think that was the one that had Charles Darwin on board, departs on its first voyage. 1840, the penal transportation of um, British convicts to New South Wales colony is abolished. 1846, the Associated Press is formed in New York City. It was originally a non-profit news cooperative. 1848, slavery is abolished in Martinique. 1849, future President Abraham Lincoln's issued a patent for an invention to lift boats, making him the only U.S. president to ever hold a patent. Legally, that is. 1856, Congressman Preston Brooks of South Carolina severely beat Senator Charles Sumner of Massachusetts with a cane in the Hall of the U.S. Senate for a speech Sumner made regarding Southerners and slavery. 1863, American Civil War. Union forces began the siege of Port Hudson that last 48 days. That is the longest siege in U.S. military history. 1864, American Civil War. After 10 weeks, the Union Army's Red River Campaign ends in failure. 1866, Oliver Winchester founded the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. 1872, Reconstruction. President Grant signs the Amnesty Act into law, restoring full civil political rights to all but about 500 Confederate sympathizers. 1905, the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire, Abdul Hamid II, establishes the Ula um, Belay for the Aramanians of the Empire. For this reason, the Aramanian National Day is sometimes celebrated on this day. 
Although most do so May 23rd instead, which is when the event was uh, publicly announced. Now, for those that are not familiar with it, the Ulu Millet, um, which can be interpreted as a Romanian national, is a separate uh, ethno-religion and linguistic community within the Ottoman Empire, established by the Ottoman authorities for the Romanians during the rise of nationalism in the Ottoman Empire. Um, although the Maglino Romanians are sometimes called Vlash, V-L-A-C-H-S, which is the Turkish uh, word for the Romanians. Uh, the Yula Millet, as it was called, wasn't intended for them. It was intended for a specific group. 1906, the Wright brothers are granted U.S. patent number 821,393 for their flying machine. 1915, Lyson Peak erupts during a, what a powerful force. The only volcano besides Mount St. Helens to erupt in the contiguous U.S. during the 20th century. Also on this day, 1915, three trains collide in the Quintenshill Rail disaster near Gretna Green in Scotland. Kills 227, injures 246. 1926, Chiang Kai-shek replaces the communist in Kuomintang, China. 1927, near Jingding, China, an 8.3 magnitude earthquake causes uh, 200,000 deaths and one of the world's most destructive earthquakes. 1939, World War II, Germany and Italy signed the Pact of Steel. 1941, during the Anglo-Iraqi War, British troops take Fallujah. 1942, Mexico enters the Second World War on the side of the Allies. 1943, saw Joseph Stalin disband the common turn. Uh, for those that are not familiar with that term, there was the Communist International, known as the common turn. Um, it was a Soviet-controlled international organization founded in 1919 that advocated uh, world communism. So Stalin in 43 disbanded it. 1947, Cold War, Truman Doctrine goes into effect, aiding Turkey and Greece. 1948, Finnish President J.K. Pasakivi releases Hirozo Yino from his duties as Interior Minister in 1948 after the uh, Finnish Parliament adopted a motion of censor in connection with uh, Lino's uh, illegal handing over of 19 people to the Soviet Union in 1945. Um, 1957, South Africa's government approves uh, racial separation in universities. 1958, 1958 riots in Ceylon become a watershed in the race relations of various ethnic communities in Sri Lanka. Total deaths are, of the riots are estimated at 300, mostly uh, Tamils. Uh, 1960, the Great Chilean Earthquake, 9.5 on the, in magnitude, hit southern Chile, becoming the most powerful earthquake ever recorded. 1962, Continental Airlines Flight 11 crashes in Unionville, Missouri after bombs explode on board, kills 45. 1963, Greek left-wing politician 
Gregorius Lambracus is shot at an assassination attempt and dies five days later. 1964, President Lyndon, I'm going to be King Johnson, launches his great society program. 1967, Egypt closes the Straits of Tehran and to Israeli shipping. Also on this date in 67, land ovation department store in Brussels, Belgium burns down. 223 die or are missing and 150 were injured. Most devastating fire in Belgian history. The um, I never did read if it was intentional or an accident. 1968, nuclear powered submarine USS Scorpion sinks with 99 men on board, 400 miles southwest of the Azores. 1969, Apollo 10's lunar module flies within 8.4 nautical miles of the moon's surface. 1972, Salon adopts a new constitution, becomes a republic, and changes its name to Sri Lanka. 1972, over 400 women in Derry, Northern Ireland, attacked the offices of Saint Finn following a shooting by the Irish Republican Army of a young British soldier who was there on leave. 1987, Hashimpura massacre occurs in Meerut, India. It was a killing of, uh, for those who are not familiar with it, it was a killing of 50 Muslim men by police on or around May 22nd near Marut in Uttar Pradesh, state in India. This was during the 1987 Marut communal riots. It was reported that 19 personnel of the Provincial Armed Constabulary rounded up 42 Muslim youths from the Hashimpura uh, Mohalla or locality of uh, the city. Took them to the outskirts of the city, shot them, and dumped their bodies in a nearby irrigation canal. A few days later, the dead bodies were found floating in the canal, and a case of murder was registered. Eventually, 19 men were accused of having performed the act. 16 of the 19 uh, surrendered and were later released on bail. Other three accused died in the intervening period. 2002, Supreme Court of India ordered the case trial be transferred from the Ghazabad District Court to a Sessions Court at the Tis Hazara Court Complex in Delhi. March 21, 2015, all 16 men accused in the Hashimpura massacre case from 1987 were acquitted uh, due to uh, insufficient evidence. The court emphasized that survivors uh, could not recognize any of the accused PAC personnel. October 16, 2018, a Delhi High Court convicted the 16 personnel of the PAC and sentenced to life in prison, overturning the trial court's verdict. Nineteen eighty-seven also saw the first ever Rugby World Cup kick off in New Zealand, playing Italy in Eden Park in Auckland, New Zealand. Nineteen ninety, North and South Yemen are unified to create the Republic of Yemen. 1992 saw Bosnia and Herzegovina, Croatia, and Slovenia join the United Nations. 1994, worldwide trade embargo against Haiti goes into effect to punish its military rules for not reinstating the country's ousted elected leader, Jean Bertrand Aristide. 1996, the Burmese military regime jails 71 supporters of Aung San Suu Kyi in a bid to block a pro democracy meeting.
1998. U.S. federal judge rules that U.S. Secret Service agents can be compelled to testify before a grand jury concerning the Levinsky scandal involving President <coughs> Bill, you're cute, come Linton. 2000 in Sri Lanka, over 150 Tamil rebels are killed over two days of fighting for control of Jaffna. 2002, Civil Rights Movement, Cherry in Birmingham, Alabama, convicts former Ku Klux Klan member Bobby Frank Cherry of the 1963 murder of four girls in a 16th Street Baptist church bombing. 2010, Air India Express, Flight 812, a Boeing 737 crashes over a cliff upon landing in Mangalore, India. 158 of the 166 people on board were killed. Became the deadliest crash involving a Boeing 737 until the crash of Lion Air Flight 610 took place. And 2010 also saw the Inter Milan beat uh, Bayern Munich 2 to nothing in the UEFA Champions League final in Madrid, Spain. They became the first and so far only Italian team to win the historic uh, treble Serie A, Coppa Italia in the Champions League. 2011, a F5 tornado strikes Jalta, Missouri, kills 158 people and causes $2.8 billion in damages, costliest and seventh deadliest single tornado in U.S. history. 2012, Tokyo Skytree opens to the public, tallest tower in the world at 634 meters and the second tallest man-made structure on Earth after the Burj Khalifa. 2012 also saw SpaceX COTS Demo Flight 2 launch a Dragon capsule on a Falcon 9 rocket in the first commercial flight to the International Space Station. 2014, General Prayut Chan Ocha becomes the interim leader of Thailand in the military uh, coup d'etat. That follows six months of political turmoil. Also in 2014, an explosion occurs in Yurimkui, capital of China's far eastern uh, Xinjiang region, resulting in at least 43 deaths and 91 injuries. 2015, the Republic of Ireland becomes the first nation in the world to legalize gay marriage in a public referendum. 2017, 22 people are killed in an Ariana Grande concert at the 2017 Manchester Arena bombing. Also on this date in 2017, President Donald Trump visits the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem and becomes the first sitting U.S. president to Visit the Western Wall. 2020, Pakistan International Airlines Flight 8303 crashes in Model Colony near Jinnah International Airport in Karachi, Pakistan. 98 people are killed. And in 2021, severe weather kills 21 runners in the 60-mile ultramarathon in the Yellow River Stone Forest in Gansu Province of China. Well, anybody would go to China to run is anybody's guess, but... Go figure. Well, it may come as a surprise to a lot of folks, but we actually have a real war of the worlds going on. And there are hundreds and hundreds of reports of military encounters with extraterrestrials. I've got a quote from Robert Galley, the French Minister of Defense. He said, uh, I have to say, if listeners could see for themselves the massive reports coming in from the airborne gendarme, from the mobile gendarme, and from the gendarme charged with the job of conducting investigations, 
all of which reports are forwarded by us to the National Center for Space Studies, that see that all this is pretty disturbing. Well, July 29, 1952, there was a article in the Los Angeles Times by Daryl Garwood that had been previously published with the Fall River, Massachusetts Herald News. And according to the headline, Jets told a shoot-down flying disc. Air Force puzzled, but no longer skeptical. The Washington, D.C. reporter interviewed a Air Force major who said his orders to fire on unidentified flying objects were not rumors. There had long been unfounded rumors that the armed forces had been ordered to shoot at any unidentified objects in the sky. According to uh, Garwood, jet pilots are operating on 24-hour nationwide alert to chase these mysterious objects and to shoot them down if they ignore their orders to land. According to the Air Force, several pilots have tried to shoot down these mysterious disks, but the steady bright lights in the sky have actually outperformed the best aircraft we have to put against them. Now, similar reports were appeared that same day in other dailies across the country, from the Washington Post and a story by John Norris to uh, Seattle's Post Intelligencer under the heading Air Force orders pilots to shoot down flying saucers they refused to land. Page one article said that uh, Air Force pilots, that means if a flying saucer refuses to be an order to land, Pilots are authorized to shoot them down. They can get close enough to do it. According to Major Donald Keogh, those were standing orders in the Air Force to pursue all UFOs. Policy was in place in 1952 when an unidentified contact holding position above Fort Knox was tracked by radar operators. They sent a P-51 fighter pilot on an intercept heading with the intruder who approached it within visual range and began describing over his radio what he had seen, and then he vanished. And never found him or his plane. In fact, they didn't even find pieces of the plane. The belief was that the pilot uh, had either been vaporized or captured along with it, uh, the aircraft. Next year, on the night of May 20th, 1953, Air Force Lieutenant Milton Torres and another pilot got urgent orders to scramble their F-86D Super Sabre jet. Both men had been on standby for almost an hour at an RAF base in Manston and Kent, England, where uh, ground radar operators continued to track a UFO with very unusual flight patterns over East Anglia. Torres and his wingman were talking about two aircraft here, climbed through the visually impenetrable overcast at uh, 12,150 feet a minute and picked up the contact on their uh, all-weather radar. Uh, they were fitted in a, a radome, aerodynamic shield, and the nose of the, of the, above the intake on the aircraft. The object, clearly defined on the scope of either interceptor, was about 185 feet in diameter and traveled somewhere beneath 700 miles per hour. Well, excuse me, knocked over my microphone. It's another exciting day in the city, don't you know?
the um, now they pushed their performance envelope at uh, Mach 93.93 uh, but even at that speed the Sabrejets could barely keep up with this unknown intruder when Torres was radioed by ground control to fire on it immediately with his 24 MK4 air to air unguided missiles well, he attracted the underfuselage tray loaded with two dozen 70-millimeter Mighty Mouse folding fin aerial rockets and locked his radar on target. Finger was about to squeeze the trigger when the object accelerated instantly to Mach 10, 7,000 miles per hour faster than its previous speed and 10 times the speed of sound. Radar screens in the, in the air and back at Manston went blank. Well... After he landed, Torres was sworn to secrecy concerning the failed intercept, but in the early 21st century, he went public with it. public does have a right to know. I mean, after all, it's our money paying for all this crap. Six months and one day later, October 21st, RAF pilot filing a Gloucester meteor that works for England was Similarly vectored by ground radar operators at 9.18 p.m. to a UFO circling the Great Atomic Energy Facility. As he approached the large silvery disk, it shot out six smaller orbs of light and that scurried erratically in various directions throughout the night sky. One of them came straight at his jet, almost colliding with the plane before the pilot could make an evasive maneuver. And at that point, all the objects vanished in the blink of an eye. The British pilot, who later said he felt lucky to be alive, um, as the luminous spear that had come in his direction had virtually grazed his starboard wing. Soviet airmen the previous summer had been far less fortunate. August 7th, a pair of MiG-15 jets were ordered, as toys had been, to destroy an unidentified number of UFOs over Ishimbe, a town in uh, southern Russia. But all the air-to-air missiles launched by the Soviet Air Force pilots were successfully uh, parried from their targets to uh, crash and detonate uh, harmlessly below in the Taiga, a swampy uh, coniferous forest, some of which caught fire and burned with the exploding warheads immediately following the deflected attack. All radar and radio radio operators... uh, went silent without a 120-mile radius of the Shimbe. When they were restored, after 20 minutes, all contact with the MiG pilots had been lost. Neither wreckage of the planes nor human remains were ever found, despite weeks of extensive search and rescue efforts undertaken throughout the, the area. On an unofficial consensus, the military opinion held the two aircraft with their four men had either been abducted in a, a toto or totally atomized. In either case, the Ashimbe incident was among the most uh, numerically significant disappearances of its kind in the annals of ufology. Unfortunately, though, it was not the only one. That same year, early autumn, secret flight uh, testing of the latest Soviet warplane was underway at remote uh, Kunashir, southernmost island of the Kuril Islands north of Japan. Also known as Ainu, um, also known to Anu natives as Black Island for its age-old demonic reputation, 
kind of share experience. Many UFO sightings, according to um, reports, but none as dramatic as the the one that was under discussion at this point in time. Circling out over the Pacific Ocean on its return to the military airfield at Kunrickshire, the the aircraft in question vanished as observers watched it. First visually, and then it vanished off radar screens. Well, their instruments were checked and rechecked, of course, but they operated perfectly and would have followed the warplane's precipitous descent had it crashed into the sea. Instead, it, instead, it simply dematerialized at altitude. Recovery vessels and spotter aircraft intensely investigated the area of possible splashdown, but found neither trace of man or machine. There was another mid-air disappearance of the extraterrestrial kind. It took place during 1953. This one in the U.S. near the Canadian border. It was December 23, 1953. Northern Michigan's Air Defense Command radar detected an unidentified uh, contact clocked at 500 miles per hour, 8,000 feet over Lake Superior. It had no known point of origin. It was just there. Pilot Felix Monkla Jr. and radar operator Robert Wilson uh, took off in a, their Northrop F-89C on an intercept mission off South St. Marie's uh, Sulux, 160 miles northwest of them and 70 miles near Keweenaw Point. Ground control guided uh, Lieutenant Wilson toward uh, the intruder, which he had already picked up on his own um, radar in the plane. As the aircraft approached its target about 2 p.m., ADC radar operators watched the, re the returns from both the F-89 and the UFO merge. Suddenly, the returns faded from the screen altogether. No blips of any kind could be seen. Returns on the Scorpion indicated it hadn't fallen from altitude, but like the, the UFO it was pursuing, it had impossibly vanished in, in midair. No distress calls were received. All radio communication with the aircraft had fallen silent. Task force of helicopters and ambulance planes and flying boats and Michigan Coast Guard vessels sprang into action. They scoured Lake Superior for three weeks. They didn't even find an oil slick or any scrap of debris. Persons aboard planes and ships and the search area reported no falling aircraft, no crashes, no nothing unusual, even though the event occurred during broad daylight in clear conditions during mid-afternoon. Knowing the total lack of eyewitness testimony and physical evidence, Air Force uh, officials at first claimed Lieutenant Monklin mistakenly attempted to intercept a Royal Canadian Air Force C-47 transport, causing the planes to collide and crash into Lake Superior. Now, at the time that report was given out, they knew it was a lie. When skeptics pointed out the alleged cargo plane's top speed of 224 miles per hour was 276 miles per hour slower than the, the radar-tracked UFO, Air Force spokesmen changed their explanation, insisting that the Canadian aircraft involved was actually a jet. Canadian government representatives responded by citing... Uh, Royal Canadian Air Force logbook records showing that none of their aircraft went missing on December 23rd. Air Force uh, officials uh, threw up their hands, declared the entire incident was an unsolvable mystery. 
But once again, they changed their version of events, chalking them up to pilot error and vertigo without evidence of any kind whatsoever. They just didn't want to admit that a fully armed U.S. Air Force jet vanished. Official denial and foolishness to the contrary, the merging and simultaneous disappearance of radar blips for the interceptor and the the UFO, plus the total absence of debris, suggested both Monkland and Wilson, together with their 18-and-a-half-ton aircraft flying at 600 miles per hour, were actually captured by a UFO, which carried them off to God knows where. A series of incidents between August and December 53 without precedent and not since repeated, seven airmen in two different countries appear to have been abducted by aliens in midair. Fifty days after the Scorpion's disappearance, 2nd Lieutenant Lamar Barlow flew out of McCord Air Force Base in Tacoma, Washington. He was piloting a Sabre jet fully armed with 24 air-to-air missiles, a weapons array not normally carried on routine um, instrument training flights, such as the mission to which he had allegedly been assigned. One and a half hours after taking off at 10.25, that morning he began to uh, Radioing Mayday 2 over the uh, Airman's International uh, Distress Frequency, explaining his magnetic compass had ceased to function, getting him lost in rainy overcast conditions. And his dilemma was fully, uh, further compounded by the dwindling fuel reserves, enabling him to stay aloft for only another 30 minutes. The radar operators reported his position 60 miles north of Vancouver and vectored him toward the Sea Island Airport for emergency landing. He reported total instrument failure in his last transmission. Between 1 p.m. on February 12, 1954, uh, before 1 p.m. on February 12, 1954, F-86 slammed into the 2,700-foot-high Grouse Mountain located above North Vancouver in British Columbia. It was traveling at 760 miles per hour. Lieutenant Barlow was found dead, still strapped into a seat. Military police roped off the damaged site with them until their search for the fighters' remaining missiles could be uh, completed. Air Force spokesman explained that a phantom radar echo had uh, misled McCord operators into providing the pilot inaccurate directions that led to the crash. Investigator Gordon uh, Heath's in-depth examination of the incident provoked some disturbing questions, though. He asked, why was the jet armed with 24 rockets on an instrument training mission? In fact, the jet was armed implies to me that it was either on an air defense mission or weapons training mission of some sort. One intriguing detail in the news reports was that most of the 24 rockets were recovered, but a few were still missing. That does raise interesting questions. Had they been fired? At the UFO, perhaps? That would explain why the aircraft was armed. Might also explain the multiple instrument failures caused by proximity to the, uh, of the aircraft to a strong electromagnetic field. And there's some peculiarity that the plane experienced first a compass failure, unusual to the point of impossibility given its uh, simplicity, followed by a total instrument failure. 
also highly anomalous because of the uh, 9,860 Sabre Jets built from 1948 to 1994. None of them, except for Barlow's, experienced across-the-board instrument failure. Encounters between UFOs and alien aircraft lead, often lead to instrument uh, malfunctions and failures, according to Heath. It's also quite a peculiar coincidence that a phantom radar echo was cited as a uh, contributing cause to the crash. In 1954, UFOs were often explained away as phantom radar echoes by the U.S. Air Force. One mystery is that the real F-86 radar return should have been uh, showing an IFF code. That's um, identification friend or foe. It should make it easy for the radar operator to distinguish the F-86 from a real ghost echo or UFO, unless the IFF signal transmission was also malfunctioned. Similarly, it's conceivable that radar operators lost contact with the pilot due to temporary radio malfunctions, although no such malfunctions were reported. In fact, Barlow reported unusual instrument failure in his last transmission, which was not received immediately prior to the crash, but at least 20 minutes, 10 minutes before. Also, according to Heath, why was the jet flying at the speed of sound unless it was in pursuit of a Fast intruder, when all logic suggests it should have been flying at uh, low speed for an emergency landing approach. Which makes a whole lot more sense. Uh, you know, the radar operators ignored the jet flying off into Canadian airspace till the pilot suddenly realizes he's only 30 minutes of fuel left and has no clue about his position. Well, the radar operators guided the pilot in the pursuit of UFO into Canadian airspace. Well... Answers came to light on the early evening of July 1st as reports of a gleaming dish-shaped apparatus, according to Major Donald Keogh, began to pile up in newspaper offices and police stations across the Empire State's southern border with Pennsylvania. And word of the UFO was passed on to Griffin's Air Force Base in Rome, New York. Officer in charge said he believed it would be a partially deflated balloon, according to the Records of the Continent Committee. That was the uh, cover-up group funded by the Air Force, University of Colorado. And if it was still there the next day, then he'd send people to investigate. Well, local sightings persisted and multiplied the next morning when a Lockheed uh, F-94C jet fighter attached to the 27th Fighter Interceptor Squadron was diverted from routine training mission uh, by ground control to... Uh, intercept an unknown aircraft at 10,000 feet. Well, piloted by Lieutenant William Atkins with Lieutenant Henry uh, Cooden as a radar observer, number 51-13559 was one of two starfires ordered to pursue the object in an active air defense mission, which signified imminent enemy attack. That's a high-level alert that uh, contradicted official Air Force characterization of the incident as uh, routine. Pentagon spokesman later stated the unidentified plane, uh, about 75 miles northeast of Rome, on the edge of the Griffiths uh, patrol zone when the Jeps intercepted it in clear weather. Kehoe uh, tells how the pilot could actually see the unknown object, strange glowing object moving swiftly above it. Pulling into a tight climbing turn, he started to close the gap. 
Same time as Radar Observer started to contact the unknown. But of course, there was no response. Suddenly, as the plane streaked toward the UFO, a wave of heat filled the cockpit. It was reported to be like the blast of a furnace. Stifling heat was increasing with each second. The radar officer's face was a blur in the waves of heat. Any moment, it seemed the whole plane might burst into flames. Well, James Douglas, Undersecretary of the Air Force, said that the preliminary reports indicate that a fire developed in the forward section of the aircraft in flight and heat in the cockpit became so intense the pilot and radar observer were forced to leave the aircraft at an altitude of 7,000 or 8,000 feet. Well, earlier Atkins subordinate officers claimed that there was no fire on board the plane. Instead, Lieutenant Atkins and Coden um, supposedly ejected because a faulty control panel emergency light indicated the aircraft's higher than normal internal temperatures. And although any airplane is potentially flammable, the F-94 had a good safety record uh, with no reports of accidental fires or any of its other 855 examples um, produced from 1950 to 1959. Contemporaneous newspapers reported that an Air Force officer had said there must have been an explosion. A uh, Griffiths, um, probably meant Griffiths reporter or spokesman, said the fire broke out in the cockpit of the craft. Everybody said the pilot and radar observer stuck to the plane to the last minute. A spokesman quoted Atkins as reporting he ordered Colton to bail out and then jumped himself from about 7,000 feet. Well, the coverage implies that the Lockheed jet was experiencing Trouble serious enough to convince both officers they must uh, hastily abandon it, even over civilian population center, rather than uh, taking a few minutes to find a less populated area. That's standard procedure when one's aircraft is not experiencing an immediate life-threatening condition, which hardly defines, defines a uh, stuck emergency light. Had that been the case, which is a common enough occurrence, of course, Atkins could... Uh, would not have precipitously hit the ejection seat button, but simply nursed his start fire back to the airbase, which was not far away. Clearly, something far more urgent compelled him and Kudan to jump, such as the blast of a weapon fired at him by the UFO that they were chasing. Well, the crew told the intelligence officers that it was so fast they didn't have time to think, according to Air Force uh, Captain Edward Stone. You never bail out over a town like that if you could possibly stick it out. Um, this was a report in an interview. And Donald Kehoe was there, and he said, unless the ship was on fire, and he said, even Stone said, even then, pilots have stuck long enough to get away from cities, and some poor devils have even ridden them down. But these guys were hit, so suddenly they were almost out of their minds. One second everything was fine, and suddenly it was like an inferno. Whatever hit him must have come from that saucer. So the question was, you'd think it's some kind of heat beam, and the response from Captain Stone was, it must have been. But why? That's what seemed to scare everybody. Keogh put his finger on the crux of the matter. Until that moment, the Starfire jet, engine's, uh, jet engine had been working perfectly. Half days, the pilot and radar operator had to bail out. As they came safely to Earth, their pilotless jet careened out of control over New York. 
about 12.30 p.m. before it stalled and plummeted. began breaking up into large pieces falling toward the town of uh, Walesville, about 11 miles southwest of Utica. Alvia Sancher was inside her, her ho- his home. Uh, you heard noise. It sounded like a rocket or a siren. His neighbor, Ms. Doris Monroe, was preparing lunch with her children, played outside, and her husband Lloyd was at work at a foundry. When the body of a falling plane came to the roof of her one-story home, instantly incinerating it. According to the Detroit Record, a local newspaper, Griffiths Air Base said the fuel in the burning plane apparently exploded when the jet crashed. According to Sanchez, uh, or Sa- I'm sorry, Sancher, I ran to the window and heard the crash, and then I saw the plane or part of it hit the house across the street. Something smashed through a window near the porch. The oldest Monroe child, Kenneth, said he was playing in the yard with the other children and all of a sudden there was smoke and fire and he heard his mother screaming. Well, at that same moment, a section of the burning craft, probably a wing, struck the car carrying the Phillips family home, presumably from uh, the Rome State School, where both husband and wife were employed as occupational instructors. Their sedan burst into flame, plowed into the home of Ms. Mary Peck, 79, and set the Colonial frame structure on fire. Miss Peck uh, immediately fled the scene. The victims were Stanley Phillips, his wife Florence, and their 11-year-old son Gary. Other townspeople were struck and injured, mostly burned by aircraft debris that scattered over the community. He from the F-94's disembodied engine was so intense that it melted the macadam road on which it had fallen. And although four people died with two houses and automobile destroyed, plus property damage uh, throughout the small town. Although um, Air Force spokesman made no further mention of the UFO that had prompted the doomed Starfire to undertake an active air defense mission, the incident was written up by the Project Blue Book files in Swellsville, New York, July 2nd. And, and it was treated as a sighting. In fact, the July 2nd disaster's extraterrestrial nature was underscored by other UFO reports that began to jam switchboards in Utica, Rome, and Frankfurt, New York, immediately after that, according to Donald Kehoe. Atkins' plane was not, however, the only American jet fighter apparently downed in 1954 by an off-world vehicle. Early morning of August 14th, an unidentified uh, Air Force interceptor fell into Chesapeake Bay, not far from Washington, D.C., Within the hour, the captain of a rescue boat dispatched to find and retrieve the pilot's body radioed that a large silver disc was hovering directly overhead, as though monitoring the, vex- uh, the uh, vessel's uh, progress. Just one minute later, an F-51 pilot involved in the search bailed out after transmitting a distress call, which, in which he reported a collision with some unknown object that put his aircraft into an irreversible tailspin. Within three days, the Russians experienced their own extraterrestrial confrontation. At 8.12 a.m. on August 17th, someone was uh, jamming the radar receivers of an anti-aircraft unit guarding a uh, missile battalion very close to the Chinese border. A few minutes later, an object resembling a rocket was observed. It had no stabilizers, moved horizontally at low speed. Its movement resembled that of a dirigible. Three missiles were fired at it. They exploded before they got to the target. And at that point, the object rapidly ascended and vanished. A commission from the Ministry of Defense arrived the next day to investigate. 
And McAuliffe's members found no objective reasons for missiles having been fired under the circumstances. The commanding officer of the missile battalion was removed from his position. Various Russian uh, Air Force orders prior to 1977 absolutely forbid any contacts with uh, UFOs. Subsequent military order regarding these objects would be summed up um, pretty much as follows. There must be no reaction to uh, flying saucers. And Kevin Randall ref uh, confirmed this uh, admonition. There was an order uh, issued to the pilots that told them not to fire on the UFOs. According to General of the Army, Ivan Atrariak, the order was issued because such an object and they possess formidable capabilities for retaliation. And that suggests that there had been a history of Soviet fighters attempting to engage UFOs, and at some point there had been retaliation. And had such a circumstance not happened, there had been no reason for them to issue such an order. Well, Moscow authorities were anxious to avoid any military clash with the off-world vehicles, which had often demonstrated their vast technological uh, superiority over anything the Russians had in their arsenal. Provoking an incident with them might lead to consequences of the worst kind, at least where extraterrestrials were concerned. The communists simply believed in peaceful coexistence. Not so with us, of course. Well, the flying saucer flap of 1952 over Washington, D.C., played itself out again in 1954, although this time there were more serious consequences. Three hours after hundreds of people stared up in awe at a formation of UFOs passing with impunity over downtown Washington, D.C., that was October 28, 1954, don't you know? A pair of large patrol, patrol planes flying out of Norfolk, Virginia, which was 170 miles away, vanished offshore in the, in the night. In her last radio message, the pilots of both aircraft reported uh, no trouble of any kind. Search and rescue missions undertaken by the Navy, surface, and air units over the next three weeks discovered neither survivors nor wreckage, even though the disappearance took place not far out over the Atlantic Ocean. In fact, it was only a few miles from the East Coast. The two 32-ton uh, Neptunes with their 22 airmen had utterly vanished without a trace. These were examples of the Lockheed P-2 that it searched for uh, Transocean, uh, Transocean Airlines Flight 512 the previous year. Earlier that same evening in 1954, a U.S. Navy pilot was rescued after ditching his fighter jet at sea for an undisclosed cause five miles outside of Norfolk in the general vicinity of where both patrol planes uh, had been lost shortly after that. Morning of April 5th, 1955, to several dozen people in uh, northern Illinois reported a brightly lit orb traveling at 10 miles between uh, Rockford and Cherry Valley. At 76 miles northwest of Chicago, shortly after 9.30, a trio of F-86 were seen in pursuit of the UFO, and their encounter was observed by numerous spectators on the ground including John Gregory, executive secretary of the Winnebago uh, County Civil Defense Council. He was on the top of the city hall building. He saw another flat, spherical, brilliant white object fly past the Air Force interceptors, which attacked the first target with a combined firepower of 
18 12.7 millimeter Browning machine guns. Spear roared instantly detonated in a thundering blast of flame as its companions uh, swiftly escaped with a, through a vertical loop and climbed far beyond the top speed of maneuverability of the saber jets. And before they raced away, Gregory saw them circle the empty patch of sky from which tiny pieces of disintegrated UFOs sprinkled earthward. Well, reports of this mind-blowing action was embargoed by the entire Chicago press. The media does have a tendency to uh, join ranks to keep anything they don't want uh, known by the public, out of the public view. For example, uh, I point to Dunham's report that said uh, the whole Russiagate thing was a hoax perpetuated by Hillary Clinton. You haven't seen that on the front page of any papers. Well, the jets um, in question... There was a story in Rockford's small circulation register newspaper. The jets from O'Hare Field in Park Ridge, Air Force officials at the field, said a weather balloon was sent up from Minneapolis. No mention was made of the bright white object Gregory and the others uh, observed streaking past the fighters. Nor did anybody call into question a preposterous explanation that a weather balloon had been brought down in flames as hot machine gun rounds were fired over a populated area. More unique skirmish occurred six years later in 1961 when an off-world craft had been buzzing northern Europe for some weeks was finally intercepted by a pair of Saab J-29Fs from the Swedish Air Force. Both pilots made visual contact with the silvery disc from whose underside uh, burned a wide fl uh, mass of flames, disgorging long, thick billows of ash and smoke. These... Um, Flying barrels, as they were called, eventually gained on the UFO to uh, close within firing range. And just before their 75-millimeter air-to-air missiles and combined eight 20-millimeter Spaniel Mark V auto cannons could be brought into play, the target suddenly shot a trailing line of green slamming goo in the direction of the pursuers. Saber jets executed an evasive maneuver, and a metallic disc flew off several times at jet's maximum speed of 660 miles per hour. Well, the most extraordinary and deadly extraterrestrial confrontations of the 60s comprised a series of disasters at sea in which four submarines from different nations were lost in as many months at the cost of 318 lives. Never before or since have so many underwater vessels been destroyed during peacetime in such a brief period. Well, on that note, we come to the end of today's show, and we'll talk more about the real war of the worlds in tomorrow's show. And I'll finish the story about the, uh, well, about the uh, four submarines vanishing. Until then, this is Ken Hutton for the Ken Hutton Show saying have a truly great evening. <laughs>